All right, and welcome. It is uh, Thursday, July the 30th. Welcome to session 11. We've had a month off of the reboot series. The last session, session 10, happened the last Thursday of June. Here we are, July the 30th, one month later. A lot's been going on for these guys as they've uh, been get, regathered now for a month. And of course, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're a little surprised at the news cycle and where we found ourselves here one month later and kind of where we're trending with uh, cases around the state and around the nation. So it has changed the dynamic. We're going to get into that. And we're going to talk about some other things as well that I believe are going to be a personal encouragement to you. So we welcome back uh, Stephen Durbin of Oak, Oak Hill Griffin. We've got Jeremy Morton, First Baptist Woodstock. we got Jason Britt of Bethlehem, Tim Dowdy of Eagles Landing, and of course, serves us well at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board and Pastor Wellness. Joel Sutherland of Peavine is actually going to try to join us uh, by audio. He's got some, he's actually coming off vacation today. Uh, I, I had the privilege of preaching for him last Sunday. We had fantastic crowds and great enthusiasm in those services. And it was good for me personally to get to experience that. Uh, so it was, it was great. Hopefully Joel will be able to make it in. Uh, nonetheless, uh, we are glad you're here. Take advantage of the chat box, drop your questions in. Uh, if you have any resources that have blessed you or any thing that you've seen out there that really encourages you um, or gives you some useful feedback as you're making leadership decisions, drop those in the chat box for us today. And of course, I'll make the chat roll available after the fact on the replay page at gabaptist.org forward slash reboot. Tim, good to see you. And uh, the floor is yours, sir. Thanks, God, man. I appreciate it so much. Um, listen, when we left, everything was kind of trending down and we were feeling pretty good about our plans for the fall. And um, over the last month, things have trended in the reverse direction, more cases. And, um, but at the same time, things have continued to reopen, you know, sports, baseball's back, even though it's a little odd with no fans and, and uh, they're pushing forward with NFL and trying to push forward with college football and churches are right in the middle of that trying to figure out, okay, how do we do life and where do we go from here? And so I'd like to hear from you guys a little bit about you know, back in, in May, we rolled out our plans. This is what we're thinking possibly to happen June, July, August. Well, we're on the right on the edge of August starting. And I'd just like to hear how your plans have changed, if they have changed, and how you're communicating those to your congregation. Because I know that's a big challenge week in and week out uh, to our folks. So, uh, Jason, you want to jump in? Yeah. So, good to be back with you guys. Um, we launched... Uh, opened outdoors for the first three weeks in June and uh, took off the 4th of July and we came back inside July the 12th, which was really when everything began to peak pretty good too the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, but we came back in, when I say we came back in, we came back in at modified, scaled down, but we came back in with children's ministry, preschool ministry, you name it, we did it, uh, and we have three campuses, and so we opened back up all of our campuses then. And so we're going into week four of being back. Um, you know, our plans have basically, uh, Tim, stayed the same. Um, and what I mean by that is we're taking it week by week, obviously, but we opened the kids' ministry and the preschool ministry with the worship center. Here's something we learned. Uh, if you're doing outside services, inside services, when we did outside in June, our crowd was older. Uh, hmm. Lawn chairs, blankets, kind of your stone mountain if you've been there, laser show, everybody was out. Yeah. But um, our younger crowd, our younger families didn't come out, which is kind of, you know, makes sense. But when we moved back indoors, our, our crowd has gone way younger, but our old people haven't come back as fast, if that, hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We're running about 50% of where we were this summer, this time last summer. Uh, we're at about half. And, mm -hmm. and it seems to have ticked up about 100 people every week since we started, uh, which two things, either schools starting to resemble coming back or every week people come and there's not a huge outbreak, more people get confident to come. I don't know which one it is yet. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we're limiting our worship centers to uh, about 40% of capacity, 40, 45%, a little less than 50%. We're doing pre-registrations. Our idea was to do it in July and then cut it out in August. That would be a tweak we've changed, Tim. We're leaving registration on because we have to control crowd sizes for the, that's us for a while. If you have a big building, I don't know if anybody on this thing does, Jeremy does, but if you have a big building, it's not as big a deal because you can spread. I don't mean that bad. We just have limited space. And so uh, we're doing that. Um, we are, our language for face mask is face masks are encouraged, but not required. Uh, obviously that's become the hot topic. So mm -hmm. before we, it was, fa when, we, when we began July the 12th, we used the language face mask are optional not required. We've taken it a step up that says face masks are encouraged, not required. Um, I would all, this will be good to hear from Steve and Jeremy, maximum 20% of people are wearing face masks, 20% total uh, is what we're seeing. Um, in our children's ministry, a couple of things we've learned with preschool children, if they're coming back, they're ready to come back, they want it to be sanitary and clean, but they're not asking you to jump through a ton of hoops to get them back. Mm. That's all I, we've learned that. So what do you mean? Temperature check, you gotta wear a face mask, you gotta have a DNA swab to come in and you gotta do these five or 10 things. Mm -hmm. Or we're, we're, we just chose, if you're comfortable coming back, we hedged our bets that you want it to come back and be safe, be spacious, be sanitary, but you're not looking for all those other hoops. And we've kind of taken the whole philosophy, Tim. We're not going to tick off the people who want to come back. We're going to make it safe. We're going to make it clean. We're doing everything we can to control the sizes, but we're not putting together tons of hoops because the reality, yeah, we don't have hazmat suits in the kids' areas. Uh, <laughs> but the reality is oftentimes we do that trying to convince people who aren't ready to come back to come back, and they're not coming back. There's yeah. just a group right now that's not coming back and we're just, everything we're doing online, we're doing the same. So I would say that's the kind of lessons we've learned. If you're ready to come back, you're fired up to be here and you're ready. If you're not, we aren't necessarily trying to convince you to come back. We're doing everything we're doing online and uh, we're just grateful for the people who are back. So uh, Tim, we've seen visitors every week. Huh. Uh, that's one thing we've seen. We didn't see any visitors outside. We've seen visitors on all of our campuses every week coming, and most of them are people with kids. It's weird, just coming. So, again, I think if you're free and be ready to be outdoor or ready to be in groups, again, it's a pretty safe, spacious environment, and we're taking it a week at a time. And I can tell you this, we're also dealing with people who have COVID. Uh, none of them that are traced to the church, but we've got a guy right now at our Oconee campus literally on a ventilator. Mm. Uh, dealing with it. Um, mm. And so we've got stories of people who got diagnosed and then what diagnosed? We got stories of people who are legitimately dealing with it. So we're in the middle of it all, but just taking a step a week at a time. Um, let, let me ask you real quick, uh, Jason, did, on your registrations, have you had to use that number to do any crowd control or slough people off to different services? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, like even this week, we're kind of going back and like we've seen the first week, uh, here, what we, when when we started it, more people registered than came outside. But now that we've moved back inside, it's a pretty good indication of who's going to be here. That's what we've learned. And again, we have to do it because our crowd size. Uh, so yes, when the when the nine forty five and eleven fifteen is our most popular hours, when they fill up, it says on the website sold out. Uh, and that basically right there lets us know. No. Uh, We'd still have people that show up that maybe not registered, but we have an overflow venue, if you will. It's just basically let us know what to expect every service. So it's been accurate and it also lets people, it kind of pushes people to other services. So, that, but it has helped, Scott. That's what I would say. In our situation, again, because our facilities aren't that big. Now, in, in your children's area, I guess all that's happening at the same time. You come to worship, your children go to the children's thing. And then it's all over at the same time they leave. Yep. Yep. Any, very, um, very much like it was pre COVID. Yes. Okay. So very similar to where you were there. How yes. are you, how have you been communicating with your people every week? You know, one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of guys is they just feel this, this pressure because we've been in such a 
odd season for so long that you've got to make definitive decisions for months at a time with these you know announcements. Oh, well, we're going to do this for the next three months. We're going to do this for the next four or five months. Um, how have you been communicating each week with your they people? Get a, uh, we, you know, we really did a lot of work um, during COVID to make sure our uh, – one thing I'd say, our, our, our staff did a lot of work to make sure our database was up to date. Hmm. Uh, and that was really probably March and April. We did a lot of work to make sure we had people's accurate information when everybody was tuned. If you remember those days between mm-hmm. March the 15th and Easter, when everybody was watching on yeah. everything, we did a whole lot of work there. And so we send out an email on Monday and we send out a text on Monday that says, great to be with you with a link to register. And then we do an update on Friday. So we do an email Monday and an email Friday, and then all of our social media post Sunday and all of our social media the weekend going in is driven by communicating what's going on that weekend. So okay. it's kind of a twofold thing. If you're not on social media, you're going to get an email or a text. If you are on social media, you're going to email, text, and social media, if that makes sense. And so, again, we're taking it a week at a time. Uh, I mean, we've been really clear that there's a chance we may have to shut down again for, mm-hmm. for a week or two. But Kind of what Joel Sutherland said, and I'll give him props because he's not here. I'd give him props if he was here. He's a good dude. Uh, is we're going to do what we're going to do until we can't do it anymore. That's kind of what we're doing. We're, 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 we're going to keep doing what we do, and we're taking it a week at a time. But, Tim, to answer your question, I, uh, making, I don't have any pressure from my church to make a decision right now. Uh, I think any pressure that, that that is is more perceived in my mind than it mm-hmm. is reality. Just because some other guys have had to make decisions, I don't think our church is putting that pressure on because they realize the news cycle is changing week to week. Yeah, that's good. good I work. mean, I think that's what I've learned is that anything I'm feeling is more perceived. You know, I respect Andy. He's got 30,000 people, 40,000 people around Atlanta. I got, you know, a couple of thousand people uh, in Winder and Monroe and – it's just a little bit of a different deal, you know. Right. The Fulton County, DeKalb County, Gwinnett County uh, spiked. Ours has not spiked as much. We've got cases. So, where there's just not a pressure, uh, I feel like. So, that's good. That's good. Jeremy, how are we doing in Woodstock? Well, first, I want to say Jason Britt talked for so long, guys. I don't even remember what we were talking about. That was the most long-winded <laughs> opener I believe I've ever heard in my life. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Hunt texted me and said, please do more talking than Jeremy does. So I said, okay. So anyways, Tim, I don't have much to add to what Jason said, except we're not doing pre-registration. Obviously we do have an advantage with a large worship center. We found that pre-registration was a bit of a deterrent. We found people thinking that was perhaps an unnecessary hoop to jump through. Not everyone felt that way, but some did. We've said the same thing about masks. Masks are encouraged. They're not mandated. We don't make laws or restrictions that Governor Kemp's not making. We try to be consistent with the phasing that our state is going through. We try to be socially aware on a local basis. All the things that I'm sure everyone on this call are doing. If God will give us grace, we'll always stay open on Sunday. I don't intend to close again. If God will give us grace, I wouldn't say, I promise I'll never close again. I don't want to get political or Mm -hmm. radical in an unnecessary way, but I do think there's something powerful about drawing people back to the gathering into the fellowship and saying something's happening, happening in a palpable way in this room. I think that's important. Um, I wrote, to our prayer partners this morning, a prayer from Psalm 30 about the Lord turning our lament into dancing and taking off our sackcloths and putting us in the garments of joy and gladness. And I literally am praying that for my life and for our church. God, take off lament and put on dancing, dancing in a Baptist church. I don't know if we mean this literally or metaphorically, but I'm praying it. God, take away the sackcloth of our grief and replace it with joy, replace it with gladness. I think that if you can say this, and I would say whether you're in Woodstock or anywhere else in Georgia or wherever you are listening to this call, if you can say something positive and give people options, there's an advantage to it. I've said the last few weeks, hey, we're in a great spot. Our church is open. If you want to join us live and in person, we're open. 
But if you feel like you can't and you want to watch online, thank God for our online community or thank God for our Facebook community or whatever you want to say, our FaceTime community. I've heard of guys that are literally putting up an iPhone and FaceTiming in whoever wants to come. So, I mean, whatever it takes, I think you can then say, I didn't force the closure. I didn't force, you know, your presence in the opening. You're giving the people options. That's what people want with, with schools. That's what they want with worship. That they want. That's what they want with masks. People mm-hmm. want options. And, you know, all I know I'm going to do is preach, pray, sing, take up an offering, and give an invitation. And you can do that in the room. You can do it online. And so, happy Thursday, guys. Here we are. We hey. thought this was going to be a 5K, but we're discovering it's more of a marathon. Yeah. We you know, we thought we signed up for a, a brief run and wow, this is a long, long run. I don't want to sound discouraging because there has been tremendous lament in this. I personally, I've grieved so much. I shared with Jason last week. I mean, I hit a low last week that was just, my, my wife was worried about me. Hmm. Um, I, man, this is get comfortable in that uncomfortable seat. Mm-hmm. And I don't want I don't, I'm sure there's men and women on this call and I don't, you know, some things, guys, we just got to suck it up, bear down, hope for the best, be positive, show up, smile. I mean, and we might be doing it longer than we think we're going to do it. Yeah. And what here, and I'll shut, I'll hush with this. We open in Cherokee County schools. We have, we have folks from Cobb County, Fulton County. Those are primarily digital, but the bulk share of our kids ministry and student ministry. And we are doing four and under childcare. We're not open for Sunday school. We don't have student, we have some student stuff happening during the week, but we're not doing Sunday school. We are doing four and under childcare on Sundays. And we are as a staff preparing for what's it going to look like when schools return? What's it going to look like when COVID tests spike or positive tests spike because kids are back in school? I mean, I think if we think that's not going to happen, we're probably a bit naive. So, again, we may be here longer than we think we're going to be. Yeah. Encouraging. Well, I do think you're right. I mean, it kind of sounds discouraging, obviously, because nobody really likes the season that we're in and all the things that we've been facing. But it is reality. And we just have to learn to deal with it. Let me ask you this question. Same thing I asked Jason. Um, How are you – are you communicating still like, we'll take this a week at a time. We'll take this. Yeah. Nothing. Great question. Yeah. Great question. So, I, I, you know, I, I apologized to my church a couple of weeks ago and said, I'm sorry for naively thinking I can plan for a month. You know, I, and I, you can't make this stuff up. Being a pastor, you know, just tell true stories because your true ones are so amazing. You don't even need to make up the, the fake ones. I had a guy say to me with a straight face this past Monday, Hey, what are you guys doing for Christmas Eve? And I said, bro, what bro i don't know what we're doing sunday i don't i don't have a vision past the second sunday of august right now and you asked me he was dead what are we doing christmas Eve? are you guys just pray we're here at christmas okay and i believe if god's on the throne we will be i think week to week is all we can do i don't think anybody expects you to roll out a big plan for the rest of the year. And I respect Andy. I respect JD Greer. And I mean, they have tremendous respect for those guys, but who knows where we'll be in November. We, we think we might not, but I, I'm just more week to week. And I don't think I've not had anybody say to me plan beyond a week or two. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I've heard from a lot of guys. I think some of the pressure, you know, very public ministries that make decisions in blocks of time. And sometimes because their world's so different than everybody else's. It's, there are other factors in that. But I think some guys have felt like, man, we got to make those calls too because they're hearing these public pastors make these calls. And I, I just, I'm, I'm just wanting everybody to hear it's okay to go week to week. I mean, we're Absolutely. living in a world that's changing so rapidly. Um, with wiser. Hey, let's, I mean, all respect to the guys that have made decisions for the rest of the year, but just because they have, does that mean it's right? Does yeah. maybe, maybe it's wiser and better to just play, play the long game of we'll, we'll, we'll just stay faithful on a weekly basis until the Lord comes back or we die. Maybe yeah. that, maybe that's what's better for most churches. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good word. Steven, how are we doing in, uh, in Griffin? Very similar to what Jeremy and Jason have both said. I think 
Um, what what I just want to piggyback on something that they did say is we're doing the similar things. We've uh, we stole the idea of the bracelets. I think our people, if anything else, it's built a little bit of excitement to them. You know, I did some had somebody ask, can I wear a green one and a red one for people that I do want to talk to and people that I don't want to talk to? So I thought there was some wisdom in that. But I think what Jason pointed out about for pastors the perception of pressure that we place on ourselves ministry is hard enough when there's not a pandemic. I mean, it, it's just, it's difficult and it, it is uh-huh. a grind and it will eat all of us up. But I so appreciate um, just the candidness of, of what Jeremy's saying. I mean, I, I literally looked at my wife a few weeks ago and I said, I know why people quit. I, I really do. Like I, I, I get it. I used to be, I used to look at people that would step out of ministry and go, man, just don't, you can't cut it. But the truth is all of us are dealing with our own issues and then you have your family and then the pressure we, we have, we live in the most segmented um, time that there's ever been. And that's inside the church too. People are upset about coins and masks and, and this and that. And we've got people that won't come because we're not requiring, we're just suggesting because of mask. And we've got people that think that, you know, they have no respect at all for people because we're living in fear instead of faith. And so, you know, I think it's, I think it's important for all our panelists or not our panelists, but those that are watching to understand that if you are pastoring one of the most prominent churches in our state and, and, and even in our nation, there are times that it feels very low and lonely and frustrating. And if you're watching this right now and you live in a place where a part of Georgia that's rural and you have spotty internet connection and no staff help, it's very lonely and difficult. And so <clears throat> We have tried as well to kind of go week to week, and, and we, we've used this, this phrase with our people, our current best thinking is this. You know, we, we want to have a plan in place, and we're going to try to move towards that plan, but the understanding that like everything over the last five and a half, six months, it, it's probably going to shift. Yeah, and that's good, and I hope everybody's hearing that, and I hope you'll share it with your pastor friends as well. Listen, I think... I don't know who said it, but I think sometimes we feel the pressure to have to make a concrete decision for a number of months to make everyone feel settled when that's just not the reality that we're living in. I think the other thing that everybody said is, man, it's, it's tough. It's discouraging in, um, you know, when you um, are trying to do ministry in this odd day and to be honest, you don't know what is the best thing to do. I mean, you're making the best decision you can, but you don't really know what the best thing is to do. And nobody really likes to live in a world, particularly if you like to lead things. When people ask you and inside your answer is, I really don't know. I mean, I give you my best shot, but I do not know. But that's just where we're living. And I think everybody just needs to understand you're not an oddball if you're, if you're struggling to make decisions in this season of time and being a pastor. So it's just, it's just reality for us. Now, I do have a question. Think about this. Personally, we talk about getting discouraged, and I've talked to a lot of guys that feel, you know, two or three weeks ago, man, I just hit the wall, just exhausted. Um, what are you doing to try to encourage your own heart and soul? I mean, what, what, what have you found the most helpful, Stephen? What, what's been the most helpful for you? For me, one of the practices I do when I do my quiet time is that <clears> – <throat> Um, if at all possible, I try to read scripture out loud so that I'm not just seeing it visually, but I'm also hearing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that that's, that's been huge. I think also the understanding of, of kind of, I probably came later into it, the understanding of it than Jason did. But what he was, what he was saying is that, you know, you, as a pastor, a shepherd, you love your people. You should at least. And if you don't, you're probably in the wrong business. And to see them, frustrated or angry or scared or apprehensive or anxious and knowing that, you know, we are trying to really plan for, for everybody. It's difficult knowing just saying, God, I I literally can't be everything they need me to be. So I'm just going to be who you're calling me to be. And so I think now more than ever, just self care and leading yourself walking with Jesus um, is, is as important as it's, ever been because we live in a time when every decision you make is not just going to be questioned privately. It's, it probably is going to be questioned publicly. 
And uh, if you have thin skin, this is a difficult time to lead in any capacity. And so it's important for me. I, I've just tried to lean into Jesus more than I have in the past. And not that I hadn't in the past, but I feel like before COVID, I felt like I was in control of more than I'm not. And I realized I'm literally in control of jack squat. Um, you know, it's just, it's just all I can do someday. Georgia expression right there. Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's in the King James, but it's, uh, you realize just God, I, I am completely dependent on you. And, and when I'm running in my strength, unbelievably um, exhausted, uh, emotionally just drained. And I end up giving my family uh, just the bare minimum leftovers. And so, I, like I said, just as simple as it sounds, it's just, staying in the word and just being super intentional about spending time in prayer and sharing my burdens with people that I know will pray for me. That's good. I saw good. Uh, Chris Watson said exercise is huge. I think that's a big deal right now doing something to get you sweating and, and just, it could be a simple walk outside at night with your wife. Uh, I'm, I'm a runner. I get on the elliptical a lot. Um, it, you know, about five, five, at least five days a week, I'm trying to do something, not necessarily, uh, because I love it, but because I need to sweat and I need to do something that's physically, that's one. Um, I also think friends in this time, you know, you know, Jeremy and I talk a good bit. There's a couple other pastors I talk to simply because you just sit there and go, I ain't crazy when you do that. And I use yeah. the word ain't just because we're from Georgia. I ain't crazy. You know, it, it's just. I just think hearing somebody else goes, this stinks, you know, this is hard. I think sometimes gives you permission to go, this is hard. Um, I also think uh, I've j just, uh, there's a book that's been incredibly helpful to me uh, in this season. I just put it up for you guys, Managing Leadership Anxiety by mm -hmm. Stephen Cuss. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Tim. He's a pastor out of Nashville. Okay. I cannot, I would put, I, I, I will put my reputation, I will put the GBMB's CP given on this, whatever that means for all you churches out there. Here's what I'm telling you. It is that helpful a book when it comes to what you're feeling in t inside. Mm -hmm. um, because he really talks about the, the myth in ministry. This was so big for me. And, and Jeremy and I talked about this. The myth in ministry is you burn out because you're overworked. That's a myth. The yeah. myth of ministries, you burn out because you're always managing anxiety. And you're managing two things. You're managing your anxiety in decision-making, and you're managing everybody else's as well. You're, it's yours and theirs. It's a constant thing that you're always managing. So if you have a staff, you got that. If you, you then you have a congregation. And so you're always man. And he just really gets in the, and I would say that's been a helpful resource to me in this season, just to put words to it. Uh, but I think friends, exercise, everything Stephen said, uh, my times with God have been longer on purpose, mm. have been longer and not necessarily because I'm, praying longer or reading longer, but because I'm sitting longer, if you will, just yeah. outside on the porch, just kind of going, I'm not going anywhere. And the other thing is, Tim, I have to stay off my phone. I mean, my wife can tell you when I'm real stressed, I get, uh, and by stressed or when I start reading the news headlines, when I start scrolling through Twitter, when I start, I mean, Facebook is a dumpster fire, you know, mm -hmm. and Twitter's a bunch of pastors giving their opinions. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of the guys who are giving their opinions have little underlings that are actually tweeting for them, but we think that's really them. Um, you know, and so I think I, that gets me worked up. And so I've just had to learn to turn my phone off. I've yeah. just had to learn to turn my phone off and look away, which seems simple. And we get onto our 15-year-old kids, but I stink at it. Sometimes I can – I just kind of go to it sitting in an office waiting. And I, so that's been practices for me. You know, that's those are really good. In fact, I, you know, bringing up exercise, I, I do a lot of riding, cycling, and done a lot of long-distance stuff. And I learned early there are three keys to being able to finish. I mean, not not – win but just finish and to finish is to win pace the pace of your life and in this season of time um though things have slowed down some guys can actually the the pace of their stress can pick up speed um, and you really need to keep pace other thing is rest you got to take some breaks need to make sure you're sleeping well you need to make sure 
you know, you're taking some breaks, mental breaks, emotional breaks, um, shutting down, getting off, like getting off your phone. And then the other thing is nutrition, which, you know, in these kind of times when you're stuck and you're got your whole schedules, you know, messed up, it's easy to just drift into um, just terrible eating habits. And that just makes things worse. I mean, it just makes you feel worse. You don't want to exercise and you can't sleep and just messes everything up in your life. And it just adds stress. Um, but man, that's a, that's a good word. I think it's one of those things we forget when you have more time like that. It's a good time to start. Like I want, you know, somebody said, well, I wanted to start running or I want to start walking. Well, here's a good time for you because you're not going anywhere. So um, take that time and, and start working on it. Um, and, uh, and it can be helpful. Very, very helpful. Jeremy, what about you? I think binge watching Tiger King on Netflix is very helpful. I'm joking. I'm joking. I do. I do think that there is something to be said for the mindlessness of something you enjoy, be it golf, gardening, honestly, a Netflix series. I think you should just, I mean, nothing you guys aren't saying. I agree completely. Um, I'll tell you what, what's not helpful. It's, constantly scrolling social media, constantly comparing yourself to the guy down the street, mm -hmm. uh, constantly being defined by how many people have come back or who has not, or, you know, you're saying too much about race or you're not saying enough about race or mm -hmm. you had faith, we'd be open. Or if you were loving, we'd be closed. I mean, I, everything you could be compared to right now because it's so polarizing. I mean, politically, with racial unrest, civil unrest, and I mean, as if the pandemic wasn't hard enough, guys, mm -hmm. I, not to bring mm -hmm. this up, but there are many other things going on in society right now besides the pandemic, obviously, that are equally or perhaps more so stressful, or at least in my context, they have been, um, as I've tried to engage people of all ages in my church. And so it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really a hard time. So what puts back into you, obviously, soul care. I love the reading the Bible out loud. I like to listen to the Bible app sometimes, which kind of the same thing. I like to just listen to worship music. Um, I do. I enjoy calling friends that have a low maintenance, um, almost just simple, shallow humor. Um, man, I need that sometimes. Um, yeah, Jason, Jason is perhaps the most shallow friend I have. And for that, I rejoice. Um, it's, it's not a deep friendship at all, but it's a good friendship and I treasure it. Um, you know, man, I, I think, guys, again, it's just this is a long run. And I don't, I'm not an ultra distance runner, but I have run some long races before. You, the fastest guy out of the gate isn't the guy who wins, it's the guy that paces himself, Tim, just like you said, pace is so good. And that's good. And maybe Tim, I, I think what you Sabbath, hey, let me say Sabbath. I, I think, what if we went 24 hours every week with no electronic stimulation? No, uh, the things that the toxins. What if we went? Is, is Sabbath okay? Is that still one of the Ten Commandments? I'm just. I didn't. Is that is still a, a, was that is that still on the list? It's in there. Maybe that'd be helpful. Yeah, it's a good. <clears throat> it's a good principle to put into practice in your life, whether we're in COVID or not. That there's one day that you just shut off and say, "All right, I'm not." I'm going to go sit on the porch half the day. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to, I'm not going to engage in watching the news or emails and texting and everything else just to replenish your own heart. I mean, that's, that's important. It's a good word. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that I'm really trying to think through as well um, is on not only soap, but making decisions um, is how, how would I say this? At some point, Tim, the thing I'm wrestling with, and you could speak to this a little bit, and Scott or whoever, I think the thing that's the setting in your mind, what you're saying is we all thought by this time maybe we'd be coming out of this. Mm -hmm. And so I think something that's been helpful for me is I said this back in our 10-week, you know, whenever we did our little run there doing this conversation, is I just told myself uh, Easter 2021. I just uh, – and because here's the thing. I just don't think – yeah, I think the election cycle, some of it, but I, you're going into another winter. I think Easter 2021 is the most realistic shot 
of going, okay, maybe things are beginning to at least come back to some form of what I understood before. And so for me, it's, it's helped me set expectations, just almost going, I'm going to look so far out to know I'm in this, I'm not getting disappointed, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And then the other thing is, uh, I would encourage pastors, I think sometimes there's a, a tendency right now to think, um, our people especially, that we're going to wake up one morning in October and coronavirus is going to be miraculously gone. And so we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And I feel like the Lord just gave me a word in May. And he was basically like, Jason, at some point, you're, you've got to make a decision. The coronavirus isn't going away. You've got to make decisions like it's going to be here forever. And if you're, if you're waiting. With running out and getting a vaccine that's been crammed down the throat in six months. You know what I mean? There's just not a lot of options here. Well, and even, even the even the hope of a vaccine actually creates a new. Begin to make choices when you think there's a more options than there actually are. I think that's when there's some anxiety, Tim. When you're like, I'm waiting till this, then it'll get better, and then when this, you know. And so I think for me, it's when I've got to make decisions moving forward. Two things on a realistic timetable. This is going to be a long journey. Easter 2021. And I also got to make decisions because the we're not going to wake up one morning and everything be gone. There's not well, going to be something at Publix that's take this ibuprofen for coronavirus. Well, the other thing is this. When you think about what we've been in and the length that we've been in already, if you look back and think, if someone would have told you for six months, basically, the majority of your people are not going to come to church for six months. They're not going to be there. Is your church going to still be active in the community? I'm glad I, I no one told me that, to be right clear. One of the great things about God is he doesn't let us see the future. If we yeah, saw him, we might quit. So that's a great point, Tim. Great I mean, point. you think about it. I mean, it's amazing to see what churches have still been able to do in their community and how they've ministered in the midst of this and not meeting. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, and I think there's an encouragement to that. In fact, Jason, I was with a group of pastors last week, and we were talking about this. Every single one of them brought up Easter 2021 as their, what they've been thinking. That's probably going to be maybe the first opportunity for some sense of the normal gathering. Yeah. Probably a good, you know, you get so far out there, that point of normalcy, so that you can run through what we've got. You, you know where the, the hopeful end is. But, um, and that, that's a good thought. That's a real good thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just helped me just to go, I'm in this for the long run. Yeah. What Jason's saying, I think it, my four-year-old, our four-year-old daughter reminded me of what he's saying this past week. Not to say that Jason thinks on a four-year-old level, because we know that that's not the case. Um, but we were going to the beach uh, a week, a little over a week ago, and we made the mistake of telling her two weeks early. And so every morning was the morning that she'd come in and wake us up and say, we're going to the beach. We're going to the beach and say, baby, we're, we're not going to the beach. And so in her mind, she couldn't conceptualize that time frame. And so finally when we did, she obviously was a very, very excited, but I think we're guilty of that same thing is not having that, that long approach that, that long ramp up in mind. Uh, we we're disappointing ourselves. I mean, like I, I am my, my greatest enemy. You know, I think as, as a pastor, oftentimes I create the most problems for myself. We all do. And when we have, uh, the idea that it's just as fast as it came, it's going to go away and we'll get back to normal. And, and, and my people have said that so many times, I can't wait to get back to normal. We may never get back to normal. It may forever change something else. And as quickly as things happened in 2020, who knows what's going to happen in 2021 or even in the fall winter of this year. And so I, I think there's so much wisdom what Jason just said, just having a long tenured ramp up to the possibility of what that does. And then we are not disappointed and we also don't lead our people in immediate disappointment as well. You know, uh, Tim, we've had a number of questions come in yeah. about, you know, how you handle protocols around if somebody gets COVID in your church, you know, like you find out on Tuesday that somebody tested after Sunday or whatever, uh, Daniel Curry, I know he's at Joel's church and they actually had that. And I was, I was there because Joel was on vacation, but none of the staff was there Sunday, hardly at all, except one guy, Daniel, I, I don't know if you have 
um, a, a mute, uh, I mean, a mic. Do you have a mic? Can you speak, Daniel? Are you, are you muted, Daniel Curry? Can you hear me, bro? Just want to bring you in for a second and give us a rundown of what you guys had happen. I mean, he's on. He may not be listening. <laughs> hey, Scott, can you hear me now? Yeah, man. So just just kind of give a rundown. Daniel, uh, you're, uh, give, give him your, your, your position at Joel's church and just kind of tell him a little bit about what happened and how you all handled it. Sure. So I'm, I'm the executive pastor here at Peavine uh, with Joel. And um, essentially, we found out uh, after a Sunday morning service uh, that we had had a staff member that had potentially been exposed um, and had interacted. We, we've actually done a, a pretty uh, good job at isolating our staff uh, during Sunday morning services to the extent that that's possible. We're not hiding from the congregation, certainly, but we have a, a seating section that we try to ask everyone, particularly those on stage, uh, the, the praise team and things like that. And then they, uh, they have a, a green room type area to go to in between services while we're sanitizing the worship center. And so um, we've done that to try to do a little bit of isolation because we sort of realized that if we took out too much of the core team for quarantine or anything like that, that um, whether anyone was able to come to the building or not, it'd be hard to pull off a Sunday. And so uh, we had one, um, one member of the, that sort of core Sunday morning team that we found out had potentially been exposed and so we had to go through the process of then trying to essentially do a, a miniature version of contact tracing uh, and figure out who all they had interacted with on Sunday morning. Uh, we immediately went ahead and we've been having pretty regular office presence um, because we're able to spread out pretty well in the office, but we immediately went to working from home all last week. And then we also had to scramble to put together kind of an alternate Sunday morning team um, brought in a, the worship team from one of our other campuses, used some alternate in the tech, and then luckily we actually already had Scott booked for our Sunday morning, uh, so that worked out well. Um, but really it was just a matter of being willing to make some last-minute adjustments. We were as transparent as possible with our congregation. Joel actually shot a video from vacation that we aired before the service, letting them know, hey, morning looks a little different got a few people in different positions, but we had a potential exposure. We're just taking some extra precautions to keep you safe as the church. And, uh, and I mean, so far so good. No one else has exhibited any symptoms. We believe that we effectively isolated it. Uh, still don't have a positive test result because test results are 10 to 14 days minimum best we can find in our region in results. So there's no way to really, um, you know, find out quickly whether or not there's actually something going on, but we just have to, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck. And you guys were like checking in daily, weren't you? Just to see who, if any of you guys had symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. So we were doing staff zoom calls and text threads to, you know, Hey, anybody got a symptom, anybody got a temperature. I mean, just trying to really um, try to keep a beat on if it was going to spread, then we were going to have to sort of trace that down. Well, who did they come in contact with after that? But um, it, it was just a matter of being able to react quickly. It wasn't, easy and it was stressful and the same thing could happen again this Sunday, but it's just something we've just got to kind of be prepared to react to in a, in a, in an energetic way. Cause you can't sort of wait and decide, well, we'll think about it for a couple of days and then figure out what to do. Yeah, man. Thanks for piping in there and uh, giving yeah. us a rundown and especially in Joel's absence. Uh, any, any of you guys want to speak to that around, you know, Britt, you already said you, you had, You've had yeah, this happen. I, mean, a I can bit. give you real time. Literally yesterday at four o'clock, our backstage manager, he's a volunteer by backstage. I mean, we do multiple service. So he's the guy that comes and gets me in my office. Uh, he's the one that makes sure the band's on and off the stage. I mean, he holds everything. He uh, went to the doctor Monday night, started running a fever. Our backstage manager holds my microphone, old deal, and uh, got all the symptoms of COVID and got tested. The doctor said, you look like you got it. And so he called us all and uh, basically just said, the doctor said, look for two to three days of any symptoms. Uh, so we just texted all the people that were around him, just shot a quick text and just go, hey, his name's Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's got, uh, Jimmy thinks he has the symptoms of COVID, did a test. We don't know when it'll be back. And we just kind of let everybody know. And nobody, I mean, again, that was Monday night. We're on Thursday. They said, you'll see symptoms in three days, you know. 
knock on wood, but right now everybody's okay. Um, and we've had, uh, I, Tim, I had a staff member's husband get tested positive for the coronavirus in a rapid test. She got tested negative. And then three days later, he got the, uh, another test and it came back negative that he didn't have. It. So we've gone through the whole thing on think they had it, didn't have it. Uh, Tim texted me back on a break. One of our worship leaders uh, who he got it and um, he was in, he was on the hospital in a ventilator and he's only a uh, late forties guy owns a business. I got a guy right now that's a nurse at Northeast Georgia. He has it. And uh, he's literally on, uh, they put him in a coma to treat him kind of a self-induced coma. And so it's out there. And I just don't, you know, I think all of us is what we said, the contact tracing, I think we can do the best we can, but I think we're just going to have to live with this for a while uh, and, and kind of let everybody know. Um, but that's, that's what we're living in is that we let people know directly, but nobody has in any of our, I don't know about you guys yet, but nothing has been directly started at Bethlehem church at this point. It's something that's come out, you know, from Florida on vacation. Yeah. That's where a lot of our people Florida on vacation, Florida, man, they got the Gators and they got COVID both. Give <laughs> come on, man. Uh, but you got Florida. And, and so it's just been one of those deals where we, um, have a couple of protocols in place when it does happen that it's traced back to Bethlehem church. That's right. But that's how we're taking it. But it's really uh, something we're, we're dealing with in real time. Well, Pat Deerham says, uh, you know, this happened two weeks ago at our church. The policy is to email those who are in attendance and let them know that they may have been, that they may have been exposed. If you're in a smaller church situation, uh, do, do you suggest, and, and I'd love to hear from guys in the chat box that are, where you're, you're the pastor, you got a part-time youth guy and a part-time assistant and eight deacons. Are you just basically having people, are you instructing people to say, hey, if you get symptoms or if you find out you're positive, call your deacon, deacon's going to call me, we're going to, you know, kind of, I mean, manage it. I mean, what are some of the protocols in a smaller church situation that you guys as panelists would recommend? or if you guys are out there watching right now, would put in the chat box that, that you're doing. But anyway, panelists, what would you suggest? Scott, well, we've had it happen to us at every level, staff, volunteers, and church members. So in some sense, it's really no respecter of church size. When when you get COVID, whether you're a staff member, volunteer, a parent, uh, I mean, it happens. Um, this may sound irresponsible, and God knows I don't mean it to be. I'm kind of a transparent guy, but I have not, personally been isolated on Sundays at all. I stand in our foyer and fist bump every person that wants to. I let the person sometimes dictate the level of fellowship that I'm willing to accept. I'm not, I'm not out there like begging people to come hug me. I know it's a weird word, but, but, but you, you know what I'm saying? I'm nor am I, nor am I hidden away. I think that's probably, that's just not the vibe of who I am and what I want to put out at our church. I, I, I had a guy, that came forward during the invitation this past Sunday, an older man, and he was broken about a need in his life. And he literally embraced me and hugged all over me. And I don't know this guy. And it, it was so uh, close in physical contact after our service, that a lady came up to me afterwards and she was, she said, have you ever seen him? And I said, I don't, I don't think I know him. And she said, what if that was a setup? What if he had COVID and what if he was coming to give it to our pastor? And, and she was precious, but that's just where people's minds are. We are in a time where people, so man, I want to give grace. If you're, if you want to be safe and stay isolated in a back room and sit on the back row and wear a mask or not even come, I'm not mad about that. But I'll say this, nor am I mad about the three or four friends standing relatively close in the lobby that genuinely love each other and are putting their hope in the Lord as Christians in a time of COVID standing in the lobby at church. We're not going to tell them they can't. So that's just me. I don't know if that's helpful. Um, Scott, I, when, when one of our staff members gets it, we say, stay home, quarantine, do what you got to do. When one of our church members that has, we say, stay home, quarantine, do what you got to do. Let us know how we, I mean, we just try to use common sense um, next man up, <laughs> you know, who, who's the next guy to do what you were doing or, or how can we serve you? Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm probably irresponsible, but I, at least I know where I'm going if something happens to me to some degree. Um, so, yeah, that's a good word. I, you know, um, there was one of our churches, small church down in Moultrie that I heard about earlier this week that 
they had a little outbreak in their church. They had to, they were having services, had to stop having services for two weeks, let everybody catch their breath a minute, figure out where they were. And they've started back and everything's going fine. One thing that I've discovered is because it is so prominently talked about that people, when they do find out that they may have been exposed, they're pretty good about self-isolating at that point. Like, okay, well, I need to stay home for 10 days and wait and see what happens. And so that's been really good. I think it's been a good cross the board kind of reaction of most people. I don't, um, uh, I think taking precautions is good and being as sensitive and as careful as we can along the way. But man, we've already heard, I know at Eagles Landing, we've had it and it just, it's going to happen. You just have to figure a way through it and make sure you're communicating as well as you can. And I've also heard about people that have tested positive that never got the test, to be clear. Um, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to get political here, unless please don't, but I'm just telling you, I have a friend that got a call and was informed about his positive COVID test. And they had his, and he was like, I haven't had a COVID test at all. I could quote another friend that said, he's 100% positive he ain't going to get COVID because he knows he ain't going to get tested. So, you know, I got friends on all sides of this <laughs> and it is what it is. You know, we had a couple of ladies that went to get tested, but it was a long wait. And after an hour, they left. They had already turned their name in and then they both got letters saying that they tested positive. And they're like, we never took the test. Like we didn't stay. So I know, and it's a lot to manage. Listen, I'm not being critical of those who are trying to do those tests. It's just the reality is, like Jason said, sometimes you get tested and it may be a false positive and then you get tested again, now it's negative. Um, and, but we just have to be as careful as we can in the midst of all of it. And, um, you know, I, th I, I think one of the things that we need to keep reminding ourselves and one another, it's good to have conversation with other pastors even bounce ideas off of one another, what's going on, what you're thinking about, what you might could do. It's good to even run through how you're going to tell your congregation so they can listen and hear it and say, I don't know if I'd say it that way. It might be better to say something like this. Those, those conversations are good and helpful. The other thing, when you do communicate things to your congregation, um, to don't, you know, uh, don't be panicked in the midst of it. Um, with exercise some measure of calmness and confidence that the, Hey, at the end of the day, God's still God. He's still in his throne. He still holds us in his hand and we trust him in the midst of all this. He's going to see us through. And when this is all over, um, you know, uh, the church is going to move forward and the gospel is going to continue to advance. And so we need to continue to share that with people and remind people of that. And, um, you know, one of the things I found, I love some of our older church members that have, um, they feel the most threatened by this because of their age, but they have the greatest sense of confidence in the st their strength and sovereignty of, of God. And when they call me, you know, they're always just encouraging and reminding, hey, God's got this and we're trusting him and we're going to walk through it and, and uh, just keep leading. You're leading well. You know, that kind of thing is always good to hear. So praise the Lord for that. Um, anything you're thinking about for we're about to enter August. I, and I'd like to know this. I know in Henry County, the public schools are going online only um, about the middle of August, uh, but they're not going back in person. Um, now we have a school at the church and we're going back uh, in person and online. And it's been about 70% uh, um, of the families are sending their kids back to school and 30% of them are putting them online. Uh, that's kind of the response. They have a choice. They can do whatever they want to do. Um, but as you're where you're at, are your schools, public schools going back in per having in-person school? And then how is that factored into your decision-making? Where we are, it's, yes. We our, our start Monday and we're going to allow our kids ministry and Sunday school groups to God willing follow suit shortly thereafter. We've not, we've not, put a date on that. We're going to let people get their legs up under them for getting back in school. And if that goes well, like we hope and pray, then hopefully church calendar can adjust to that as well. But by, Cherokee County is, is supposed to start Monday, August 3rd. And while, while these guys are answering, put in the chat box, put your where you're located or your city in the state, uh, what region you're in or something like that. And are your local schools starting back? That'd be a good little informal poll there in the chat. Just let us know kind of what's happening regionally with schools. 
Yeah. Barrow, Walton, and Oconee are the counties we pull from, and they're all starting back. Okay. Uh, they're all Barrow and Walton. Well, Jefferson starts tomorrow. A few round. We have Jefferson mm-hmm. too. They were in the New York Times um, this last week, but uh, that little city. But they start tomorrow. Barrow, uh, Old Coney starts on Tuesday, and Barrow and Walton are both end of are in two weeks. We have a school like Tim. Uh, I've been trying to get Tim to buy it from me, but he won't. Um, we got a we got a school like Tim. He's better at schools, uh, but ours is starting back. Yeah, I mean we've had. Um, about 85% of our parents are also, we had about 15% that are going to do digital for the first nine weeks and the rest are sending their kids back. But the larger counties, Gwinnett, which is kind of like Jeremy Cobb, they're not going back. So Jeremy's on the North side of Cobb. I'm on the North side of Gwinnett and and they're not going back and they they haven't set a date, which I think it's interesting. We're going to play high school football. We're not going to go to school, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know how that works really. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, so far so good. Okay. Jeremy, I mean, uh, Stephen, how about you? Yeah. Originally, uh, we we are in Pike and Spalding County primarily, but we draw from Henry and a couple other Fayette County as well. Uh, I think a lot of them were going to set it back possibly to Labor, Labor Day or a late start in August. But, you know, the, the elephant in the room is that this was going to affect some funding. And so when that news kind of came out, everybody dialed it back a little bit. And I think that's going to be the greatest test to this whole thing for churches and generals to see. Because like we said from the beginning, I, th- I think it was Jason, churches and schools are not meant for not gathering and not social distancing. It's just impossible to do that. Passing, you know, you can wear masks coming in and coming out, but being in class, walking in the halls, I mean, we're just, we're going to breathe each other's air. We're going to be in each other's face and shoulder to shoulder, that kind of thing. And so um, we, we're starting, some schools are starting this next Monday, some the week after, but I mean, we're, we're right there in the thick of it. And it's going to be interesting to see if this thing spikes and goes to another level because of a lack of complete interaction for the last several months. And now it's just going to be, you know, on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah that'll be interesting this certainly will be uh, be interesting to see how it how it all plays out for sure um any um like if you had one thing you could say to all the pastors out there just what would it be like one just word of encouragement one thing i hear from god man just encouragement's always good particularly right now uh, man, I would just encourage you that non-anxious presence means everything to everybody right now. Uh, that non-anxious presence. So whatever you got to do to stay in that point of just going deep breath and that non-anxious presence, you're putting more pressure on yourself than anybody's putting on you. Um, you know, and I do think this season of our life counts. I think, uh, I think it does matter. None of us are going to, the thing, none of us are going to ask to, uh, replay a pandemic five years from now, but I don't want to regret the choices I make in the middle of this. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the thing is that I just try to bring that non-anxious presence, uh, that pastoring. And I, ju- I would just encourage you, you beat yourself up pastors more than other people do. I think most of the criticism and all, most of the questioning I've learned, I, I have a tendency Tim, to think people ride around all day thinking about what's going on at Bethlehem church. They don't. They got their own problems. They got their own issues. They got their own junk. Let me tell you when they start thinking about Bethlehem Church, Saturday night before Bethlehem Church. I hope they walk with Jesus every day. That's what I want. That's what I'm going yeah. for. So I've just learned a lot of times the pressure I put on myself is more perceived than real, is more perceived than real. And so that non-anxious present means a lot. And that's what I encourage you guys. If you're dialed into this call and other things, that means your heart's trying to do everything you can. You're in a good spot. Just be encouraged, man. It's hard. It's not going to be easy tomorrow, but but everybody's doing better than they think they are. Yeah, good word. I think for me, it's 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 good to just remind that you don't have to have all the answers. You know, as as followers of Christ and, and believers of God's word, we believe in you know the priesthood of the believer, and uh, to not have to put that pressure on you to have all the answers. Like we're saying, not having to make these decisions four and six months at a time. Uh, it's incredibly difficult. Four and six months ago, we certainly wouldn't have thought we would be where we are right now. And so going to that week, two, three at the most, trying to have a plan in place, because it's easier to change a plan that's in place or alter it than to try to change a plan that's not in place. 
And so just give yourself a little levity, you know, yes, there's the spiritual side that we belong to the kingdom of God, but at the same time, we are operating in, in a very finite time. And uh, it's, it's okay to not have concrete things set in hundred percent secure. Yeah. Good word. Jeremy. Those are great words. I might believe, I might believe right now that shepherding is even more important than your preaching. I don't know that people expect your inspirational great sermon series right now as much as they, like Jason said, just presence. I, I'm trying to do things that I, I have not done before in ministry to the degree that I am now. I am texting people to just say, I'm praying for you. I prayed for you by name uh, in the mornings and evenings, just whoever God puts on my heart. I try to drop them a note, reach out to them. I think uh, the touch is critically important right now because we've been so fragmented and we're not able to assemble. I think just touch. And there's something encouraging about hearing from your pastor. And there's something encouraging about you hearing from your people that I'm with you, pastor. Thanks. You know, um, and, and this is what I asked our staff about this past week. Um, who are we remembering? Who are we thanking? Who are we inviting? Every day I try to go, who do I need to remember? Who's a guy I need to reach out to to just say, thanks for serving in the past. Who do I need to remember? Who do I need to thank? Who's, who's hanging in there with us as a giver, as a, and just tell them, man, thank you. I need you, you know, thank them. And then uh, who do I invite? Um, I think there's people right now, we've had guests. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I don't church members have, some members haven't come back yet, but some guests have. So there are people around town that if you go, hey, we're open. Oh, really? Y'all are open? I mean, yeah. they may come. They may come. So invite. Um, I think that's really cool. And you'll be encouraged by that. I have been. Uh, and then just don't quit. If you think you're, if you think about quitting, who's call, call somebody and say, should I quit? You know, um, don't quit. Just don't quit. You, don't quit. In fact, <laughs> I just want to tell you guys, I'll give you all my cell number. It's six, seven, eight, six, one, eight, zero, zero, five, five. But I am available. Love to talk to you. Encourage you. Don't bail out. Don't think you're the only one, you know, uh, you got, you got a pastor friend that's really struggling, man, let us know. We want to encourage him, help him any way that we can. The other thing to let you know in October, October, uh, 16th through the 18th, that's Friday night, Saturday, and a Sunday. We're just doing a retreat for pastor and their wife down at Epworth. Um, and it is, it's for refresh, relax, and refuel. It is a, um, we're going to have some worship time together and some teaching, some other opportunities just for encouragement. There's just a time for you to get away. And, and uh, even if you need help, like if you say, well, I only get two Sundays off a year. I can't take a Sunday. Um, man, call me and give me your chairman of deacon personnel. Give me their name. I'll call them and talk to them. Say, listen, you need to gift this to your pastor. You need to, you need to give them this time away just to refuel. It's just a time of encouragement. I'd love to help any way that I can. So um, um, if we can do that. Uh, I think by October, a lot of us might just need a weekend just to say, hey, I don't want to do anything. I just want to kind of veg out a little bit and uh, eat some good food, have some good fellowship, and uh, spend some time with some friends. And that's what that weekend's going to be about. So I'd love for you to come. Uh, well, if you don't mind, Tim, I'm going to get Linda to type into the chat box for all the attendees uh, your phone number again and your email yes. address, if you don't mind. Give that number. Yes, 678 Six one eight zero zero five five. Okay, and, and it's just dowdy at gabaptist.org or tim at eagleslanding.org. All right, and uh, and of course, Jason's given his cell number as well. So I'm really uncomfortable. You're gonna have to contact my office and go through my system, <laughs> guys. I'm just just kidding. Here's my. <laughs> Confessed prima donna. We ain't, ain't nobody here but us. We're family. Listen, yep. I, listen <laughs> we need to. I, I'm, I'm trying to be honest here. Part of my role, reason I'm doing this, is to help pastors. And I want to be completely accessible to pastors and uh, and their families, and try to provide encouragement, help any way we can. I appreciate you guys taking the time to jump on this every Thursday and be a part of this. That's phenomenal. And, uh, I love that. Wow, that's so funny, Johnny. You can email me at Johnny Hunt is my dad. At <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and also, he is also Kevin Ezels at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Who is Sugar Daddy at Woodstock.com? I was trying to. Um, okay. So, yeah. Thank you guys for making yourself so available. Let me go ahead and, Linda, if you'll pop these into the chat box for everybody so they can all see it and it'll be part of the chat log if you're watching this on replay. We've got some cool stuff coming up, too. And uh, obviously what Tim just mentioned, uh, is, there a, is there a web address? Is that up, Tim, for what you just mentioned in terms Again, of? Georgia Baptist website and Pastor Wellness, and it's got all the information there. there. Okay. Uh, uh, we're going to be sending out some information to try to all, get all the pastors that we have info on this week, letting them know about that as okay. well. All right, great. So that'll be coming out. Um, the sparkconference.com, we're, we're, we're registering for Spark. We've got – over uh we got over 800 registered now uh for that and it's not just georgia it's around the nation it was go georgia it's now spark it's 100 percent online we got uh robbie gallaty is going to speak tyrone barnett who's been on this call with us a couple of times uh paul chitwood of the international mission board keynotes 50 breakouts 12 ministry tracks for every church leader in your church the spark conference dot so you can register it's free and you get three weeks of access to the replays on all the recorded material which everything is going to be recorded so it's a total church equipping conference in lieu of a live event we're doing that you can also host an offline event uh, with those sessions and there's a way to do that and we're putting that out there as well uh, beyond that next week is prayer week a lot's already been mentioned on this call today about the importance of you know praying and uh and, and seeking the lord really now more than ever and so uh uh, we've called a, a week of prayer under Thomas Hammond. Marcus Merritt is kind of coordinating that starting next week. So um, there's, uh, I think it's gabaptist.org forward slash prayer week. And there's everything you need to promote it to your church, go through it personally. There's a prayer guide. There's a different emphasis every day for next week. It's the first week of August. Um, so prayer week, uh, join us. We want just as many Georgia Baptists praying, especially syncing our prayers up. So there's like, a day that focuses on repentance. There's one that focuses on unity and harmony for our state, and our nation, you know, that kind of thing as we work through the week, uh, fasting for a day or two, if you can do that also. Uh, so that's out there as well. And so, um, those are the, those are the biggest announcements I can think of right now, Tim, am I missing something that may have come to mind in the last month? All the things we've got going right now. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot happening, but listen, anyway, we, you know, um, if we can pray for, you guys, if you've got a pastor friend that needs somebody to pray for them, man, let us know. We'd love to communicate with them, have time, a prayer with them, and and uh, join you in praying for for uh, you, your family, your ministry, and and uh, help any way we can. So um, uh, please let us know. All right. Uh, that's it. I appreciate so, it, guys. I appreciate the time, Jeremy and Jason and Stephen and Scott. Great, great uh, conversation, and we'll uh, we'll keep the – well. Let's just cover real quick. Are we meeting next week? I don't know that we finalized that actually, Tim. Um, I would plan on it and we'll see what happens during the week. And okay. uh, let's plan on Thursday, next Thursday at 10. Okay. So, so guys, I'll, and I, this is an update. Watch your inbox because we'll leave the Zoom on and it'll give you like a week notice and then a, a, a day notice, an hour notice. And so I'll pop out an email like I did today and yesterday just letting everybody know. So don't worry about it. We'll, we'll be in touch with you if we're definitely on or if something waffles and we're not, you'll be updated, but plan on it next Thursday at 10 o'clock. So thanks again, everybody. Fantastic call. And uh, we'll Lord willing talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you.